Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Leadership Lean In. Thank you so much for joining us today. I am going to be joined here in a second by one of my greatest friends and amazing leader, none other than Transformation Nation. Make some noise. Mike Todd is in the building today. Mike from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Mike Todd is about to join. I just first want to say thank you to everyone that has been listening subscribing, commenting, sharing means the world to myself and the team. Uh, make sure that you don't miss any of the episodes that are coming up. We are quarantined, but we are still connected and we're bringing great content to you right here from my... Guys, is it weird that I'm in my own bedroom? It's where we are. And uh, look who just joined right now. My man, right here. We're just shooting the intro. We're just shooting the That's intro. I, I here we go. We're going live now. How are you feeling? I'm good, man. Just finished getting the message for Sunday. Wow. And so I'm I'm now some some weight is off my shoulders. And uh, it's Wednesday, so I'm feeling good, bro. This is like, I just talked to Levi Lusco a little bit ago. For guys like him and yourself, so much of your world is online. This, yeah. in some ways, does it feel like comfortable, familiar, not yeah. out there? Yeah, man, I honestly think God's prepared our church specifically for this um, and kind of gave me a burden and a passion about it a couple years ago. Literally, uh, one of my team members um, told me that at the beginning of this year, they reminded me um, of a talk that I did. And I like set up our whole staff with our yearly goals and all that other stuff. And the last one is like, we're opening a new campus. And so the, the team was like, what, we're opening a new campus where I said online, like it was a whole slide, a whole presentation, a whole different thing. And I didn't know, you know, nobody knew that Corona was about to happen. We didn't know what was going to happen, but I just had this like thing. And most people would think our online ministry was successful or booming or all those other things. But I just knew there had to be another level of intentionality around it, a right. follow-up of finances put into it. And so we started that this year. We didn't know that it would be accelerated in the way that it's happening right now. But um, for me as a leader, I hate all the devastation that's happening around it, all of the fear, all of the loss. Um, but at the same time, I think it's a prime opportunity for the church to really raise up if people get the right perspective about it. And so I've just been trying to go back to God and get the right perspective about it. And um, it's working so far for, for what, what God's doing here. I love it. Now talk to me about, I think this is one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. I saw that you put out a phone number and you were alive just praying with people. Now, recently Joel Osteen was in town. He's like, Hey, come down to, what is it? S SX uh, Sirius Radio. Yes, yeah, yes, and, and people call in and we'll pray together. We're in a studio. People are calling in. We're praying with people live. I'm like, this is kind of crazy, bro. You're in your bedroom on a cell phone, oh, yeah, just praying. Like to me, not only was that creative, but I love that because you are a man of the people. Like you genuinely love people where does that come from and 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 how has that helped you um man I, honestly it was modeled for me my mom and dad love people i can't remember a time um that we didn't have somebody staying in our house or like them taking somebody in that was going through a hard time and um they were just always about meeting people right where they were helping them um helping them transition and so when i saw um this opportunity, it, it made me be like, okay, let me see if I can do something with this. And I didn't know if it was going to work, but what I did was I bought a phone um, and I got a new number, a 918 number. And um, I was like, yo, I'm just going to use this to connect with people who rock with Transformation Church and Transformation Nation. So I put the number out there. So I have two phones, uh, <laughs> but I have two phones and uh, uh, one for my wife and one for everybody else. And, and so I just put it out there and bro, over 21,000 people text me. Chat, I can't make this stuff up. My literal phone was like, it was like bouncing. And so what I did was I, I went through and I literally just uh, started 
calling people. I was like, who's up? So I went on Instagram live and I was like, I'm not talking to y'all. I'm only talking to people who text me. So it made it one of those things that, um, that's really cool. Allows people to like connect a different way and feel like it's intimate. I'm in my bedroom so everybody can see, but then I just started calling people and man, everything from husbands and wives who have been married a year, um, that met or sent each other relationship goals. And now they're married to people who are struggling, brother got shot and and made it through, but just really needed um, encouragement, pray for them, girls searching for our identity. I was just calling people and it was like the coolest thing ever to watch like people be like, yo, I watch you on the screen and I've been to your church. I actually come every Sunday, but I'm in a sea of people. Like you just called me, like you just like called me and, I think at this time, like people need those little things to just let them know, like God's got this. He sees you. There's hope. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going live again tonight. I'm going to do it again tonight, but yeah, 21,000 people text me, bro. And I I want to, it brings me to, to, uh, to a question I had written down. And I feel like one of the things watching your life and knowing you, I don't know if everybody realizes, number one, you, you're a bad man on the drum kit and you're a producer. I appreciate so music, yeah. but I feel like you have this natural inclination towards marketing. Like you really yeah. understand the power of marketing. Like if you work at a marketing firm, whatever, this is one of the 21,000, I get it. If you worked at a marketing firm, like if we were doing a Netflix show or if we were doing a, a movie or whatever, you could market that. Yes, sir. Where does that come from? I honestly, I don't, it is marketing, but I think about it first as, hold on, my wife is calling me. Answer you want to get it? You want to get it? Hey, uh, Nat, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a, a actual recording right now with our friend Chad Beach. You see him? <laughs> and so, How you doing? I'm 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 really in the middle of something. Are you okay? Yes, I'm trying to be in the house. Okay, well, I'm going to actually come to the house in just a little bit once we uh, finish this leadership lean in. Okay. Okay. I love you. I want to see it with you. Okay, well then come meet me at the office, and then we can see it together. All right. Love you. Love you. All right. Bye. Love you, Chad. Love, love you. Oh, stop. Get out of here. Hey, listen, something that every leader needs to know, if you don't answer the phone for your wife, it is it is the dumbest thing you could do. You're responsible because that is more um, your responsibility than any job, any ministry like this is your first ministry. And we could do a whole nother segment on that. But just 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 that, you know, it's crazy. It's like I find that during this quarantine time even though we're in the house together, there could be so much assumption that's made. I find our communication is, is faced in a more difficult time than ever before. Ever before. Cause you're faced with it all the time. It's all day. Like I'm like last night I had a meeting with our creative team at 8 PM and our girl that helps us had sent it. And Julia agreed. She was like, yeah, she put like a, like a thumbs up on it yeah, or a heart yeah. or whatever. So when I saw that, I thought Julia was like, she was good come to find out in the middle of me she's like i didn't know about this meeting and i was like wait but i i think that you 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 thumb and she's like oh i just was and i was like that's my bad i i i, I need a it's crazy right yeah, now it's different but um back to the question you asked about marketing I, I don't think my natural inclination is to think of it as marketing i think my natural inclination is to think about it as how does my end user experience what i'm trying to give them And so I'm always thinking about what is the main thing that I'm trying to get across and how is my end user, whether that be a 26 year old young man who is upper uh, white middle class, or that is a 58 year old black woman who's been in um, of the Baptist church all her life. Like how is my end user going to experience this? And so when I do that, I reverse engineer it. So like, even when I come up with a sermon title, like I go from how would the person looking through YouTube view what I'm saying? I go from, yo, 
Wouldn't it be crazy if I was any age that if Chad Veach actually called me? Like, wouldn't it wouldn't it be amazing if a crazy faith tour like showed up closer to me instead of everybody coming to Tulsa? Like, I, so I always think of things from the end user's perspective. Right. And what then that makes me do is have to go back and ask, what are we doing and how do we get it to the end user in the most creative, easy, obtainable way? And when we do that, every time it usually ends up being something that's like, wow, that was amazing. Like, Not wow, well. we get to do this. And um, so that's kind of how I start. I really don't start with like, how is this going to make me look? Uh, what in what? How is this going to inconvenience my my? Um, my day i don't really even start with like how does this look for my brand like i don't start with that because a lot of times people won't do things that would really help people because they don't want it to look whack on their brand and my brand is really a sub brand needs to be done as a leader to make sure that my product gets to the people and that's why I had some guys come up to me, um, they shall remain nameless. And they're like, bro, you post your message every day. I said, I work too hard on what we're doing to not try to get this to the end. I'm not posting the messages for pastors. That's it. Like, if pastors get helped by it or they get informed by it, cool. or if they, but you know the word. I'm posting this for the dude who's in isolation, the young lady who's in college and is about to while out, but that, that little one minute clip or that two minute clip every day makes them go back and watch the met. Like, and so again, you got to really define who your end user is, who that target is, because if you don't, you will try to, to communicate to so many different people that your message becomes watered down. I love that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like, um, one thing I love about you is that there's always a sense of authenticity. Yeah. Like, I, like, like, I love that, you know, you, I remember last year when we were at, um, at Ed Young's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, I, I used to be in this room. Like, I brought a group here. Like, I would, and you, I think you did that at Elevation before. Is that I right? Like, with, yeah. So there's a humility. Talk to me about your process of sitting in rooms, like, with your group, in the back, consumer, watch yeah. platform, there is a, a student inside of you. Yeah. It, a, a lot of pastors won't do that because there's too much pride. Yeah. Where, where does that humility, is that from your parents as well? Were you always, because I do feel like you're very aware of your gift and yet you, you still have that tension of like humility. Yeah, man. I honestly think like I was super prideful before God got my heart. So that's the first thing everybody needs to know. Like, I thought I was the man, the only man. And, and you know what I'm saying? Like, that was me. But then as I started to read the scripture and I started to answer the call of God on my life, um, I really recognized that the one up that everybody who was humble had was God was with them. So, like, I look at David's life and it's like, and God was with David and God was with David and God was with David over and over and over again is because he had the mark of humility. The Bible calls him even with his mistakes. He was a man after God's own heart. And when I start realizing all the people that I looked up to in the Bible, all the people that I looked up to in real life, not just what they produced, but who they were behind the scenes, they had this like um, streamline of humility where it was meekness. It was power under control. It's like, I could come in here and wreck everything, but let me take the humble route. Let me ask questions. Let me act like I don't know. And maybe I'll find out something I really don't know. And right. so every room I walk into, man, I go in like a dummy. And I don't say that in any type of way, except like people do not give freely to people who already think they know everything. Right. And and, and when you walk into rooms and you act like, yeah, we got online figured out. And yeah, I'm, I don't preach at Elevation Church. Or yeah, bro, I got this book deal. Like, no, everybody's turned off by that. Yeah. But when you take the low road and, and you find out about people. Hey, what do you do? Oh, man, yeah. not, not what I'm doing. Like, what, what? And I mean, you're the best at that. Like, I've literally watched you be interviewed and ask other people all the questions. Like, you're, you're like one of those dudes. But I think the greatest leaders are students. That's it. I mean, I think honestly, it's one of the marks of a great leader is to go in and see how can I learn 
what can I absorb from this? What makes me what makes me better after this encounter? And I think um, for me, I I know who I am without God. I know I I don't deserve to be here. And I think a lot of people um, get this. They're not humble because they feel entitled. Right. And and that's one of the things in business, in ministry, in anything. At the moment you feel like I deserve this, there's another level of humility that gets pushed out of your life. And I just, I just err on the side of gratitude, gratefulness, thankfulness that I'm even here. Then that keeps me low. And man, God is really close to the humble, the lowly in spirit. Those who, and bro, everything that I do is like God is with me. Like He's yeah. right here, blessing it, putting His favor on it. And I do think that has something to do with humility. And then the other thing is, I don't want to be humbled by God. Like every person that that like He gives you an option: either you can be humble or be humbled. Period. And I just don't ever want to see the other end of this. Like, I don't, I don't want to know what it looks like to be humbled right. and um, have to go through that process. So, yeah, man, I want to walk in authenticity, right. humility, man. And I'm just grateful to be, man, I'm on the leadership leaning oh, with Jack Beach, ladies and gentlemen. So I, I think, um, you know, when you come from humble beginnings, you know, when you, when you come from, because you, you always remember, like, I remember. Oh, going to the youth conference of like 4,000 and seeing Judah up on stage and sitting in the back with my interns yeah, and being like, yeah, bro. wow, like that's all. So now to stand up there is like, dude, I remember being the guy in the room that was like, I, I'm, I got a little group. You know what I mean? Like, you don't, you never forget that. Never forget it. You and know? I don't think you're supposed to. I think that's why in the Bible, they always set up memorials. My memorials are pictures. Like I take a lot of pictures everywhere I go because I want to remember like that's where God did that. How far right? God brought you. Yeah, that's where God did that. And I think if if everybody would take just a second and remember where you were, even yeah. if it's not where you want to be, yeah, it will be gratitude that raises up on the inside of you. I even love that. If it doesn't look like what you want it to look like. Man, think about how many things you've learned. Think about what what has turned in you it may hasn't changed outwardly but think about what's changed inwardly think about how you um value relationships more now think about like there's just so many things is there's different layers to it but i think that one of the keys to that is remembering and honestly in this fast-paced world that we live in yeah. it tries to keep us chasing the next moment instead yeah. of remembering the last one and um, that's one thing that I've really tried to be intentional about, like remembering the last moment. Like uh, when all of this Corona stuff happened, I mean, this year I was scheduled to do some of the biggest engagements that I've ever done in my entire life. Like the names of the stage is just like, how in the world did I get here? Right. And right now it's looking like most of them about to be canceled. <laughs> and, and at that moment, like I had a decision to make, like, Am I about to be mad and pissed because like all of this stuff is gone and that changes finances and that changes all that? Or am I grateful to even have an engagement to cancel? Right. Like, like is in that moment. And then I started remembering like where I spoke last year and how I was on the stage with you and Rich and in a, an arena and, and how God allowed me to minister at Transformation Church and in London and, and like, oh, I'm good. I'm like good. That, 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 that immediate anxiety frustration turns into like yo i'm good because if it wasn't for the grace of god and all that has happened i wouldn't even have a business to be mad that i'm that i'm losing business in i wouldn't have like do you understand what i'm saying a hundred percent you can copy and paste that to every area of your life like the same blessing that we prayed for now we're complaining about yeah like, right, that, right, is, right, right. that is a real um uh, tension that we really have to bring into um, alignment. I really think. I love that. Um, I want to talk to you. All my all my questions, by the way, have to do with your strengths and things that oh, you're wow. really good at. That things that you just naturally operate in. So I think so much of leadership, you know, like forever growing up, everyone's always like, you know, you got to focus on your weaknesses. You got to really like, you know, and and I think that Craig O'Shell says it this way: your weaknesses are no laughing matter. And I, and I could not agree more. Yeah. I've got blaring weaknesses like every leader. There's a dark side to every leader. And I think we got to work on those weaknesses. Yeah. I think at the same time, what you're good at, what you're great at, 
you've got to capitalize on it. You've got to put energy towards. Yeah. One of the things that I, you strike me as someone that has some of the best people skills oh, wow. of anybody. It's amazing. When you came to my birthday party, my little sister met you and she said about you, this is such a great compliment. She said, that guy, the way he interacted with me, you would have thought he was hosting the party. Oh, wow. What a great, I thought that was a great compliment. Wow, that's like, awesome. Because, Thank you. Because, <laughs> because you socially put it on yourself to make people feel comfortable. Yeah. To almost like, I always feel like my life, I'm in the hospitality business all the time. All the time. Let's stop. All the time. I'm in the hospital. I'm host if I'm the customer at Starbucks, I'm still hosting them. Yep. Talk to me about what you think about when you have 21,000 people. That's part of your hospitality gift. Yeah. You love people. So when, it, when I say the words people skills, what comes to mind? When you say people skills to me, I, I, think, I think two things. The first thing I think is God's passion. And, and I don't mean to take everything churchy and spiritual, but our vision is representing God to the lost and found for transformation in Christ. And I found out like two things like lost and found are either God's people who are found or God's passion who are lost. And so anytime I think of people, I think of God's passion or God's people. Like you're either in one of two categories right now. So if I come into contact with you, I want everybody to be in the category of God's people. And if you're not, I want you to feel loved like you knew you were God's passion. And so I'm, I always take the attitude of making people, you took the words out of my mouth, feeling comfortable because I feel like if you feel comfortable with me, then I can, I can help you go from wherever you're at closer to. I'm not trying to convert everybody or get everybody to do thing every time I come, come in contact with them, but I do want the door open to be able to feel like you're comfortable enough to, to, to come approach me or to watch something that I have to say or to share something. And you can feel from my spirit that like, no, he's a real dude. That's genuine. Like, I don't even dude. know about all the stuff he's saying right now, but I, I, I had an encounter with him. And so I'll listen to what he says because I had an encounter with him. I'll listen. I'll do what he's doing, even if I don't fully agree with it. Because I, I encountered the genuineness and the realness with them. And I think that's where our generation misses, messes up. They're so into making sure the content is, is so pristine right. that they miss the compassion part of it. The Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion. That's what made him do stuff. And, and, and for me, when I think people skills, like I'm trying to just figure out where people is at so I can just let them know they're going to be okay there and they're going to be okay to move forward. I want them to laugh. I want them to have hope. That's why even in this um, pandemic, man, I just want to be something that's consistent. I'm a, I can't open a food pantry right now. Like I can't like go do everything, but what I can do is what, what I know is meet people where they are, like share good news with them yep. and hopefully make some people laugh along the way. And uh -huh. so when I come in contact with people, I think the skill is to meet them where they're at. I think that's the greatest people skill is to meet people where they're at. So if I go into a room of golfers, I don't play golf because y'all don't invite me to play golf. But, <laughs> but, Yo, because I ain't invited. I ain't get invited. Because I don't get invited to play golf. But if I know I'm in a room of golfers, my mind automatically goes to how can I make these people feel comfortable with what they're already comfortable with? So I automatically think of the one time that I saw Tiger Woods play. I think of being able to hit a hole in one at the putt putt golf range and make a joke about it. Like, I relate. Hey, but I'm just trying to get to where the people understand, like, oh, he, he gets me. We're, we're, we're on the same page. That's why I use a lot of examples when I communicate. That's yeah. why I, I, I <clears throat> just try to meet people where they're at. I think that's the greatest skill. And by the way, when it comes to using examples, no one used them more than Jesus. He, it says he, he never preached without telling a story. Without a parable. Yeah, yeah. So that, that, that's, I love that. But I feel like someone said recently, you can't win people that don't like you. Wow. So where does leadership start? Leadership starts with being liked. 
Wow. That is to be liked to take somebody somewhere on the journey. I don't care where you're trying to take them, but they're not going anywhere if they don't like you. That's bars right there, bro. That's nasty. So you need favor. You need likability. So one of my favorite things Carl says is everything about us says everything about us. So from the hat to the hoodie to the shoes to the everything about us says everything about us. And so it starts with being liked. But the, don't don't get it twisted. Our goal is not to be liked. Our goal yeah. is that we're taking you somewhere. Taking I just know, I understand where the front door is. Yeah, um, you you can't follow somebody you can't stand. Exactly. And, and, and well, I work at a job every day that I can't stand a person like somebody saying that right now that's watching. Yeah. But you're looking for your off ramp. As soon as somebody gives you an out. If you can't stand that leader, you can't stand that person, you're getting out of there. That's and it. so I, I totally agree with that. And yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Uh, talk to me about, because um, when I think about you, I also think about the word reinvent. We've oh, talked wow. about this, that, you know, you, you know and gr- greatness is always reinventing yourself. That's yeah. just like, that's just part of your life. That's part of the, the mandate of greatness is what got you here won't get you there. That's good. That's all of leadership, right? What worked yeah. yesterday, what used to work for me, now works against me. Very true. So, so when, when, I, when I use the word reinvent in your context, because again, leadership leaning, we got a lot of leaders that are, I always think the tough part about leadership is most leaders are making the, the decision when it's too late. Mm. They're making it when they need to, not when they should. Yeah, that's good. Like, oh, I think I got to change this. I got, well, I got to change this. I'm getting diminishing returns. So then, so then out of necessity, I got to change. Well, great leaders, I think, have forecasts to reinvent. Yeah. So a great example you are to use is like, hey, we're launching another campus. It's like, let's go. Where are we going? Online. Because it's reinventing what we're doing. When I use that word reinvent in your context, in your space, uh, what, what comes to mind in terms of leadership? So I talk to my staff about this all the time, but it's proactive leadership. It's, it's not reactive leadership. And it's kind of what you just said, but most of the time when we need to make the decision, it's too late. And so I'm always trying to think of what is the next thing that will produce a momentum to what we're doing, not hold the moment. And a lot of people are trying to hold the moment like, oh man, if we could just do conference like we did it last year, if we could just get that moment back. And I found that when you try to hold moments, you lose momentum. But if you're trying to think of what will bring, how do we use this moment to create momentum for the next thing, it changes everything. And so that's why, uh, crazy story. So this past year, we did our very first conference. Like as a church, we did our very first conference um, and we called it version one. And that was kind of a cop out. So if it was bad, then we could tell everybody it was our version one, we told you. like. the the crazy thing about it, all glory to God, we sold out of the conference. Um, 4,500 people came. Um, there was somebody there from every state in the U.S. and 30 different countries. Chad, like, when I tell you, it was like, and we got to have it in the building we now own. And it was just like crazy. crazy. It was like pandemonium once in a lifetime. And so right before the conference, everybody, once we sold out, we sold out two weeks before the conference. Everybody was like, yo, next year is going to be crazy. And I was like, we're not doing it next year. And they were like, what? Like, hold on. We just sold out of our first conference. What do you mean we're not doing it next year? I said, next year won't be the same moment. We need to bring momentum to this. I said, we're taking it on tour next year. Like, hold on, who takes their conference on tour the next year? (laughs) But but in my heart, in my mind, I had already made the plan, like, I'm not going to be traveling as much. I know my, my calling is Transformation Church. And so instead of going to all of these conferences, what if we take Crazy Faith Tour to these cities? And since I'm not going to be speaking in that arena four, five, six, seven times, when we come, it'll be more um, attractive for people to come. They get the full experience. We don't have to, like, we can bring Transformation Church to them. And that's where we were being innovative when we didn't have to. We were, I was providing proactive leadership. Nobody in my team would have ever said, we need to do something else right now. Right, right, right. They would have been like, let's just, hey, let's run it back. Like, let's do it again. 
And in my heart, in my mind, I knew he could do that. But I see what could bring momentum to this is if we would start fires all over the nation. And instead of doing 50, let's do four. Let's hit the major, harder metropolitan area. Let's go LA, Miami, Houston, New York. Let's go big. And if we fail, we're going to learn tons and then be able to come back home and do a conference. Like if, if, like, if worst case scenario, but what I was trying to do was bring momentum to that moment and not just hold that moment. And so I love I, that. every leader, not saying that you have to do that, right. but for us, we could take that, that step. We could take that stab, that chance and not lose much. And a lot of times you lose more by waiting too long not to take the chance. And second year, if it blows over and it's a fail, we go back to doing it regular and we just keep doing that. And by the ninth year of the conference, nobody even knew we went on tour one time. <laughs> it's a myth story. You know what I'm saying? I and love so, it. That's but, just but, I, but I think that's the, that's the hard call, right? The, yeah. the, the, the most traditional form of leadership is going with what's already working. Already working. If it ain't broke, don't, don't fix, fix it. it. Right? But... The problem with that is that you get stagnant and you just kind of like just turn the hourglass over, the same glass over, and it's just ticking time until it's irrelevant. But yeah. you're making moves in the midst of growth and momentum. I think that's great leadership to me. That's, that's, that's what I'm looking for is like, how do you, and by the way, th that comes with resistance sometimes. Oh, that comes with that comes with being cross-examined like bro what do you what are you thinking how do you if handle I told you some of the stories bro of what is happening i'm about to tell you some offline because we know too many people <laughs> but all i'm saying is when you try to when you try to be innovative you have to not look for the agreement of everybody and that is really the mark of being the leader that That's you right. have to you have to uh live with your decisions and be able, and that's where humility comes back in because you have to be humble enough to be like, yo, I missed it. My bad team. No, my bad. That wasn't, that wasn't yeah. a good, and a lot of people won't do that. And so it makes it very hard to lead bold because when you lead bold, you will fail. Some. That's it. And, and that's, that's a part of it. If you right. lead bold and you're humble, you can fail and your team will still ride with you. I love and, it. um, so I think one of the biggest things when you, the tension of, of innovating and being proactive in leadership um, is that you will not have agreement from everybody. Um, when it does work, it's a team win. It's not your win. And so that's a big thing that you have to, because there's a part of you that'd be like, y'all didn't even believe in this when I said it at first. Wasn't nobody trying to go with me. And then when it works, it's like, man, this was the greatest idea we've ever had. And, 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 that's where your humility comes back in and you yeah. got to step back and be like, that is the greatest idea we've ever had. Thank you for being the team that believed in this vision from the very beginning. Yeah. Like, and, and that's those L's as a leader turn into the stripes that make people follow you. That's it. That's it. And that ownership, that ownership. And, and I mean, being a leader is taking L after L after L after L to your pride. And, and that's why the greatest of these, the Bible says, shall be called a servant. All Jesus was, was the lead servant. Yep. Like, that could have been the different term for a leader. He was the lead servant. And so I think anybody, whether you serve a Fortune 500 company or a business from home or serving in a ministry, you have to become comfortably uncomfortable with taking a, a lot of L's so that the whole team can win. I love that. Yeah. Talk, talk to me about, um, and this is great because part of being a leader is being criticized. Yes, sir. I heard someone say, if you don't ever want to be criticized, don't do ever nothing. do anything. <laughs> do nothing at all. The more you continue to excel as God's hand is on your life, amazing opportunities that you talked about are coming your way. I can only imagine that the criticism, I can only imagine that it has doubled, tripled, gone to a place where you're like, really? Like, have you ever gotten to that place where you're just like, I can't, I, I'm here, <laughs> like guys, 21,000 people are texting me, are you for real? Yeah. Like, how do you awesome. handle criticism? 
So at the end of the day, do you do anything with Enneagram? Do you know your number on Enneagram and stuff like that? I haven't taken it. They, everyone thinks I'm a seven, but Julia thinks I'm a three. She, she would probably know more than anybody. The, 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 the three is the achiever. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of driven that way. What are, what are you? So I'm an eight. I'm a challenger. Challenger. Yeah. So my natural reaction to stuff like that is I want to fight. Like, not, not physically fight, but like, I want to prove to you, like, that whatever you're saying has no bearing. I want to break it down. I want all that. But um, one of the things that I've learned in this last season is that my personality has to submit to my purpose. I and that it. is a huge thing that a lot of leaders don't. They stick to their personality over their purpose, and they end up killing what I believe is God's ultimate plan for their life because they're so like, no, nah, I'm a nutta. And so one of those things that I've really had to do is honestly um, turn the criticism off. Like, and, and this sounds simple. Um, and people are like, do you ever look at your comments? Yes, I do look at some of the comments. And then, and then I have to stop. I weekly, bi-weekly go off of Instagram and social media for a day or two. I fasted almost every week, every other week. Not because um, of any other reason is I cannot have anything in more control of my responses and reactions than the things that got me here. You know what I'm saying? And, and so um, I have to be in a place where I'm centered and where I can look at stuff and be like, oh, that comes with it. Like if I'm, if I'm 200 comments deep in the comment, like about to text somebody back, I'm not centered. Like, like if I'm, if I'm wrong, if I'm giving a uh, preacher man 911 uh, like, <laughs> like my time by responding to what's happening, I'm not centered. And okay. so honestly, somebody asked me, does it, does it get easier as you continue to go up in um, responsibility and servicehood and influence? I said, no, but you get stronger. And that's the key to what I've found, how to deal with the criticism. There's a great... Um, book that I read that really helped me called Leadership Pain by Sam Chan. And um, the whole concept of it is how can you run with horses if you can't run with footmen? Like how, how can, if this stuff down here is messing with you, how are you going to get it at, at that level? And that level is where you think you're going to go, but it requires, it comes with this level of criticism, this level of responsibility. And I, when I read that book, it really changed my perspective on like some of this just comes with influence, comes with being effective, comes with being black, wearing yellow hoodie. And wearing, <laughs> like, it's just like, somebody's going to say something yeah. because they see it. Yeah. And, um, and that has made me stronger, just having the right perspective and then being centered, man, cutting it off and allowing people and then listening to the voices that matter the most. That's like, it. I don't go to Instagram right after I preach. I go to my wife. Like, hey, how is that? Like, I may call Rich. I may, I may, I may talk to Tim Ross. I may get somebody that I know loves me. Beyond, like, if I go up and cuss everybody out on the platform, they'll be like, bro, uh, that was yeah. bad. But I love you. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I talked to my guy, Charles, um, who's a creative pastor at my church. Like, how was that, bro? Like, what do you think? And especially when you're talking as a pastor or a leader on subjects that aren't sexy and, like, everybody don't want to hear. Like, I cannot go to the people who cheer to get validation. That's I it. have to move all of my validation meters to the inside. Yep. And I have to talk to the people who I know that love me regardless of That's what it. I produce. And so, yeah, man, the critics gonna be there, but it's it goes with being effective. Yeah, it's part it's part of it. I think that um, it it is a little bit um, sobering to hear people don't like you or they question yeah. your your motives and your intentions. Honestly, th this last year for me was the most criticism I've ever faced wow. from a public standpoint. Yeah, and um, it, I gotta be honest, it was the first time I really felt like, wow, people are mean. Yeah, definitely. Father, just flat out mean. I never faced it. Rich, Rich was always like, "Man, people don't hate on you. I get hate every day. I get blown up every day. Yeah, how come people like you so much?" And I was always like, "Yeah, that's weird." And then I went through it, and I was like, "Hey, now I can relate. That sucks." Like yeah. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know what he was referring to. Yeah. And I, but I think I always go back to. But you, you know what that did, Chad? That means your effectiveness and your influence had went up. 
That's like it. Th that's the only thing. And and sometimes what you have to use is you have to use the criticism as an indicator. Like a lot of times you you don't you don't know your effectiveness in one area until you're you 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 get uh like your little blinking meter is like oh the criticism meter has gone up so that means I, I must be doing something making something making a difference at a higher level right. and um it is difficult to deal with i mean from family stuff and all of those different things it's difficult to deal with but um i do know that you're stronger now after going through that you're more relatable now after going through that you're you're more understanding now after going through that than you were before it. 100%. And it's become stronger. Yep. Um, this is the last thing I want to talk about. And uh, oh, get no, that, man, we're not done. Yeah, we got to keep well, going. Well, well, well I, I'm thinking about your wife, and I'm like, I know she's trying to see that house. You know, I, I want her to still love us. And what, what oh, she, when I say she, come she, to LA to come chill, I want her to be like, yep, we're going. So Bro, as soon as Ronald get out of here, we are on the first flight. Do you hear me? <laughs> Um, I want to talk about uh, that. I just lost my train of thought with that. What was I going to say? say one last oh, thing. Yeah, well, we, we were talking about rejection. Um, we were talking about criticism. Criticism. Oh gosh, I'm sorry. I'll take. No, this stop. I, I was I was going to talk about something along the lines of so you you face criticism, which is a sign of effectiveness. And as you face criticism in your in your field in your area. This is what I was going to say. This quote really is from John Maxwell the other day when we met him. This was the number one thing that stood out to me. He said, success separates you. Don't let it. Mm. And when he said that, I thought, wow, success, not even in our heart always. It's usually, I find, in other people's hearts mm. that they've separated. The, I, it's almost like I got to fight to keep old friends, family, yeah. people in my, it, it changed, it separates you. And he's like, don't let it, mm. don't let, how have you had to fight against that? Cause you went boom and your whole, your whole world reacts to that. Yeah. Look about Tulsa, the family barbecue. Oh yeah. Cousins, like when you become the patriarch of your family, yeah. how, how, well, how are you fighting that? So I think the one thing is, I think there's, I love that quote. And I think for me, I, I had to reevaluate all my relationships. So I think um, the, when things started separating, I had to be very intentional of who I was going to go after cause it, and, and what I was going to come close to. Because honestly, in this season, um, my biggest commodity got taken up, which is time. Like, and so when, when time is is very valuable now you have to make wise decision i tell people now you have to budget your time just like you would budget your money you have to budget your time and and that made me reevaluate who i'm going to draw close to and there are a few people that i had to separate from just because the 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 value of what i would get out when i was putting in was not worth what what this season had called me to Right. But for those relationships that I felt like, yo, I have to have those people in my life. They make me better. That's iron sharpening iron. Those are people I need to pour into. Those are people I need to pour into me. What I did was um, I made intentional effort to get in people's world. Honestly, this is very practically face to face as much as possible. Awesome. So let me give you an example. One of my mentors is uh, Tim Ross. He's been with me and been around me since I was in youth ministry. Nobody knew who I was. I'll literally drive. He lives in uh, Dallas, Texas or Irving. I'll literally drive to Dallas on a random Tuesday, four hours to just have breakfast with him and turn around and come back. Now, most people would not um, think that was a good use of time, but the level of impartation, connectivity, communication, wisdom that I get in an hour and 30 minute conversation with him is worth an eight hour drive. And because I make the investment of that in this season, it makes it for him worth investing into me. And so this, there's this reciprocal 
thing that happens. Like, yeah. he's like, yo, nobody does that to talk to me. And I was like, but it's worth it to me. So let me give you everything I got. Well, let me, let me bless you by listening to what you're saying. Like, and there's this, and so our relationship has gotten so much better in this season because I cut out a, a lot of the yo bro relationships and hey doc relationships and hey bro, we need to eat together for lunch. Like things that were more about an Instagram picture than actually impartation. Mm. Like I don't do those that much. Like, yeah. like it just right now is not a value. And, and that's what doesn't separate me. I've gotten around people who remember what it was like when I was believing God for $10,000 to come in a week so that we didn't have to fire anybody. Like I get around people who remember yeah. what, what it was that I was preaching on Sundays, playing the drums and doing stage design. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I, I have date night with my wife every week, no matter what, like every Tuesday I'm with her. Like those are the things that I believe you have to set up um, consistent guardrails or a better word is accountability so that you don't separate yourself, that there are people who can be anchors. I spend tons of time with my kid, my son, MJ, he has autism. He's four years old and, um, and, and he's, he doesn't speak yet. And you know what it is to have a child with special needs though everybody looks at that as something that's devastating and horrible. And I wish that things were different. I've changed even my perspective. Like that has been an anchor for me to get down on the floor, no matter what platform I've been on. I go into his playroom and get on the floor with him and try to teach him the ABCs at four years old. Like those are the things that like make you like, Hey, I'm not going to separate. Like I'm not going to let success take me away. And I'm, I'm out here performing for everybody else and not being able to um, really love those who are closest to me. And so, yeah, man, I think it's a matter of perspective, really. Um, I'm, I'm sorry it's not wrapped in a neat little bow, no, but I'm my heart. Like, those are things that I'm doing, because it's happening so fast. In real time, it happens in, in real, real time. time. Yeah, man. My, my um, it's really interesting, because I feel like, uh, you know, our kind of crew, our guys, we, we all kind of came up together um years ago right richie and yeah carl and judah we all kind of started going to conferences and all that and it was like instagram was just coming out and just such a different day and uh when yeah. when, when he said that when john maxwell said that i thought of years ago things that were changing in my life that i look back and go man i wish i would have handled that different yeah um you for you it's real time like it's happening right now. Real time. Right and, now. Um, it, it, you know, I, I get excited thinking about the future of your life and the, the longevity. Um, I love the way that you love your family. I love the way that you love your, your wife. I just think who you are is a very pure, authentic, sincere person. And uh, I love this about Rich because Rich has an ability to, I think it's because it happened to him. He has an ability to go like, hey, go. We're with you. Go. And, and we need people in our lives Definitely. That, that go like, hey, just go, man. Yeah. Don't be here, front row, rooting you on whatever you need. Because a lot of people are going to be like, opinion, 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 opinion. And you need some people in your world that are just like, go. Go. Yeah, bro. Go. I mean, Rich, Rich honestly, shout out to DJ Richie Rich. Uh, he, he was the first one that really – reached out in it was uh i think vu conference two years ago or three years ago that yeah, he, two years ago when you came yeah he was just like bro i want you to just come hang like you don't have to speak you don't have to do anything i just love for you to come and we're gonna take care of everything and nobody had ever invited me to a conference to just hang like to come when he introduced me to you guys and everybody and everybody we just clicked everybody was just like oh yeah like it was like everybody knew each other for a long time and same spirit same heart and um it, but it was it was that open door and not being intimidated afraid or uh even feeling any like prove yourself let us like it was just like yeah dog come in it was that like yeah go like oh. that thing um it really showed me um, how to treat other people. That really gave me 
a confidence in this new sphere that I didn't have to be a butthole. I did not have to be no competition. I didn't have to be competition. And there's a lot of guys in every field. And it's sad to say in our field as well, that it's, it's all about making sure I maintain and obtain like this ground and like let nobody in. And I'm like, bro, like what's for me is for me. What God has my name on, can't nobody else take. And Rich walks in that level of confidence and the whole squad walks in that level of confidence. And it's just so cool to see how that has translated into us being able to do ministry. I mean, there have been times I've been like, yo, I'm preaching at this place. You're like, yeah, I was there yesterday. And this, that, <laughs> the third, the fourth. And then you can call me or I can call Robert. Or um, uh, yesterday, Carl texted me like, how you doing in Tulsa? It's like being able to just celebrate, support, and lift up what each other is doing. It's been one of the greatest benefits that I've had um, just stepping into this new level of um, exposure in ministry, bro. So I love you guys. I love, I love everybody, man. Thank y'all. Well, I just, I appreciate who you are. Uh, go, keep doing you, keep loving your family, keep smiling. You got a world-class smile. I mean, my hey, God. Just, we're talking to Mr. Smile Club uh, himself, Mr. Crest. <laughs> White strips, missing. <laughs> but I just said, like, I just, man, keep going, keep inspiring, keep encouraging. The world needs more inspirational, Bible believing, spirit filled, family loving men of integrity wow. that that are are at the intersect of faith and culture. Yes, sir. Like yes, intersect. Sir. That's where I live. Not here. Like bop bop. Yep. That's bop. <laughs> Let's rock. So I love you, man. Hey, bro. I love you, too. If Rona's out of here when y'all do a, a conference this year, I might need – I might need – work me into a morning session. I, I, I'll, do, I'll do a Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> no, I'm just how about how about how about that one morning when it was like me, you, and Craig, and all in one morning, it's like bop, bop, bop. And then oh. and one other guy. Thank like, you. Those are them old That's school crazy. conferences, but it's like, yo, it's noon. We've, been, we've had five sessions. We've had five sessions, and it's 9 a.m. That is not okay. Man, I love you, bro. I love you, man. Stay safe. Hey, man, we got to do this when it's in person one time. We got. I'm, I'm coming on another leadership lean-in, and we're going to make it happen. We're going to do it. I love you, bro. I love you, man.